Hi and welcome today to Family Worship. My name is Craig Island. I'm pastoring a recent church plant in Spring Hill, Brisbane called Ascension Church. I'm going to bring you a message today from 1 Peter chapter 1 that speaks to how we should be patient and how do we posture ourselves in times of trial. So thank you for joining us today and I hope this message is an encouragement to you. Our reading this morning is 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 6 to 7. And here the apostle Peter writes these words. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This text that Peter offers, first those believers that he wrote to in his initial audience, and then all of us today speaks about speaks about life's ups and downs. It speaks about those challenges that, that come our way and those challenges that we forge our way through and the benefit that we derive from having times of affliction and times of difficulty. And what Peter says here in this text very clearly in the opening line is he says, in this you rejoice. Now, the this that, that Peter speaks of is salvation itself. The, the previous verses make that very clear, that salvation is a, is a note of triumph in the Christian life. Salvation is something where which we find great comfort, great joy, great celebration. But of course, then Peter speaks to the reality that life is not all rosy. Life is never going to be a smooth or an easy path. Trials will and inevitably do come. Now, there's been people that have struggled to understand the the place of trials in our life or understand the healthy way to relate to them. I'm reminded as I think through this of of the history of Christianity over the last few millennia or couple of millennia, I, I should say, and those people that maybe didn't quite get a true sense of how we're supposed to posture ourselves in trial. So Peter says, in salvation rejoice, though we have been grieved by various trials. And so the first most obvious point that we're confronted with is that trials are grievous. We, we don't have to lie to ourselves. We don't have to pretend that in times of deep affliction or suffering or pain that we can just stoically put on a smile and just pretend like everything's okay. That's really not the way that the Christian faith works. And that's not the way that God's truth speaks about the reality of life. Life. We can imagine or we can remember as we study the history books, those excessively ascetic persons who think that they must embrace trial or, or those stories of monastics and different people throughout church history that have embraced pain for its own sake, reminded of the, of the flagellants, the, those, those that would whip themselves quite willingly and eagerly and they would, they would march through cities in the medieval world and they would, they would gather in hundreds and just beat themselves to, to a pulp. It's, it's really quite hard for our, our modern minds and sensibilities to understand that. And and there are even greater stories of people embracing affliction for really for the purpose of the pain itself. And that's really not the Christian posture. There are stories of people in the and uh, the medieval world who walled themselves inside churches and they, they simply plastered over themselves and they cut a little hole and they hoped that people would bring them food and and they just kind of eked out some kind of a subsistence in that kind of life. And when they were challenged as, is this really how God wants to be worshipped? They would state that they're embracing pain for the sake of pain. But when we go to the scripture, we see a more redemptive message, a more comforting message. In fact, Paul echoes this when he says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 24, he says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh 
Paul says, I'm filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. We should state this very clearly, very, very, very firmly here as we think about this reality that there is no religious merit in courting suffering and pain for its own sake. It has to have purpose. And this is the good news of the pain and affliction that we find ourselves suffering throughout life. We can think of listeners today that are going through different trials and different turmoils and some people worse than others. But every one of us knows that the real ingredient to having suffering in your life is just keep breathing. It's going to happen. It's going to be a reality. And sometimes Christians haven't always got this right. We can sort of see two extremes that that begin to manifest themselves. There are the Stoics. They they ignore life's challenges. They they, they just march around with that stiff upper lip. And and when they're asked, how are you doing? Their response is always very practiced. It's always very rehearsed. It's always very, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong. Everything's perfectly fine. And God is in control. And I, I, I don't in any way feel pain or suffering or... Well, the other approach, we can think about those that those that rather begin to grumble and they, they make more of suffering and pain and affliction than what there really is. And my encouragement today to our listeners is the right approach is always the example of Jesus. We think about that story where Jesus's good friend Lazarus has passed away. And of course, Jesus has great relationship with the whole family, Lazarus's sisters, Mary and Martha as well. And the scripture tells us that it's the shortest verse in, in the New Testament for those that like trivia. And, and Jesus weeps. That's what the text says. Jesus wept. He wept at the thought of his good friend suffering and undergoing the pain of death. But Jesus knew, of course, the the story will record that Jesus will go to Lazarus's tomb and command that death loosen its grip over Lazarus, Jesus's friend. And Lazarus, of course, comes forth. But in that example, small and slight though it may seem, we get a wonderful example of how we're to think about challenges and and pain and loss and and whatever it may be, maybe the bank foreclosing or a doctor's diagnosis or whatever the case is, we can see in the example of Jesus a wonderful way to approach suffering and affliction. We can feel the depth of the pain that it causes. There's nothing illegitimate or nothing unfaithful or even irreligious uh, about that. But at the same time, our hope is always steadfastly in God. Peter plainly tells these believers as we return to, to Peter's encouragement, he tells them that in trials we grieve. But salvation rejoices the heart. This, in this, you rejoice. Though now, Peter says, for a little while, you've been grieved by various trials. Could anything be more simple, natural, or straightforward for Christians to keep this balance, this tension in their thought process and in the way that they approach life? Salvation is always a note of triumph and rejoicing. God has, in Christ, brought us redemption, and it is good news. And yet life in this sin-sunken world is full of trials and afflictions. And if we strive to live a godly life in a world that is really contaminated with decay and corruption, then we should expect that often we're going against the grain. We're often swimming upstream. And that's the tension that we hold. In this, Peter says, you rejoice, that is salvation. And yet, trials grieve, and we should always appropriately approach and consider the way in which trials not only come into our life, but the way in which God uses them. That's what Peter goes on to say. 
Peter goes on to say, as we take a look again at our text, he says in verse 7 of chapter 1 of his first epistle, he said, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Here is the crux. Here is the essence. Here is the greatest news of suffering and pain. We don't pretend it doesn't hurt. We don't pretend that we're just kind of automatons going through life with no emotion or no expression. We do grieve trials, but then we are reminded that when God brings trials into our life or God permits trials into our life, we understand that there's always a purpose. There's always an outcome that that is that is benefiting of us. Paul reminds this, uh, writes this when he reminds the Romans that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Paul does not say everything is good in and of itself. We're thankful Paul doesn't say that because it's just simply not true. But what Paul does say is that all things work together. They are working together. They're bringing an outcome into our life. They're bringing an improvement. They are bringing help and succor and recourse and, and in every way redemptive glory into our experience. We grieve the trials, but we know that God is good. His wisdom is unsearchable. His power is unimaginable. His love and benevolence toward us is really indescribable. And when trials come into our life, we recognize that God is bringing through them his purposes, his goodness, and his grace. This is the comfort that we have, that pain is never purpose, purposeless. The tested genuineness of our faith, more precious than gold, though it perishes, is tested by this fire. The thing more precious than even gold is faith. That's it. That, that's what Peter says. And, and, and to our listeners today, it doesn't matter how great your faith is, how apostolic and foreboding and immense and fruitful, or maybe you feel like your faith is quite small. Maybe you feel like your faith is, is kind of on the, on the blink, as, as, as we say. Maybe you feel like your faith is, is really like a mustard seed. It's quite whimpering and, and quite seemingly dominable. That God uses everything in our life to continue to grow and cultivate and strengthen that faith. And one of the one of the main agents that God em- employs to bring this benefit is trial. So that our, our faith, Peter says, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And for that, truthfully, for that, any amount of suffering, any amount of pain is worth it for the purpose to exist for God's glory, to live under God's glory, to know that good times, bad times, and everything in between will always tend to his glory. For this purpose we exist, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That is the the telos of our lives. And so as we think today about this concept, even some of our listeners today have just recently received the worst possible news. The, the thing you were dreading has now just materialized in your life. Or other listeners are just thinking, well, I don't really know if there's any relevance for me. I'm really in a bit of a purple patch. Things are going quite well. This is the encouragement of Scripture. Firstly, to properly understand where trials and afflictions, where they come from, how they, how they benefit us. But to, of course, realize that all of this 
is not just the strengthening of our faith, but the glorying of God at the revelation of Jesus Christ. My encouragement to you today is whatever you're going through, whatever bad news you've received or whatever good news you've received, God is using our experience and our circumstance to bring about in us conformity to the image of Jesus Christ. And that is, of course, the great news that any of us can hear, the crescendo of glory that has been divinely designed to erupt at the finality of the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's my encouragement to you today. Thank you so much for listening to these few words from Peter's epistle to those struggling, beleaguered believers of the first century and how these words can encourage and benefit us today. May God bless you. Thank you for joining us today on Family Worship on 96.5. I'm Craig Island, pastoring at Ascension Church in Spring Hill, Brisbane. We're a brand new church plant, so if you maybe haven't been to church in a while, maybe you're looking for a new church family, we would so welcome you to come and join us Sundays at 10 a.m. in Spring Hill. Let me leave you with this. Trials are going to come, and God has spoken to us clearly in His Word how we're to understand them how we're to process them and how we are to navigate them using the wisdom that he's granted us in his word and the grace that he makes readily available to us. Family Worship on Brisbane's 96.5.